Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hello, Shrink Chatters. This is Shannon Hi, and am Kathy. I on? I, I'm on. I, you're, okay. you're on. You're visible. You're 400 feet away from me. Yeah. But I can see you in your USC sweatshirt and hat. Yeah. That's what she's doing. And um, we are practicing podcast social distancing. That we are. While we are in the safety of my home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we are. So cool. Should we do trivia? Yeah, we can start with trivia. Let's do trivia first. So- it's a new round, right? New round. Mm-hmm. This starts a new round. Oh, the answer. The nope. answer to this is actually the first answer of this new three-month period. That might be true. That's what I'm talking about. New rounds means new new competition for participation. Well, the, this is the trivia question from April 10th. I okay. will say that. So this would have been on the Hellraiser post. So Hellraiser was adapted from a 1973 play. What was the name of it? And then it was then changed to what title after Barker thought it sounded too much like a love story. The answers are, one, the name of the play was Hellbound Heart, and two, uh, it was initially changed to Sadomasochus from Beyond the Grave. Oh. Yeah, before it just became Hellraiser. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I did know that, and I, I'm not sure which title I like better. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I think they're both pretty fun. Okay, so this is for the new one this week. Um, You're going to find, or you can put the answer under the Wes Craven post under Instagram. So a picture of his face with a quote on it. Um, I think it's a couple months back. Um, Or you can clearly email us or Twitter. So the question is, the original film, The Hills Have Eyes, Mm. was released in 1977 and directed by Wes Craven. Where did he get the inspiration for this film? Okay. Okay. And again, the post that they put it on? Wes Craven's face. Okay. With the quote. He's just talking in it. So, yeah. The cool. original, 1977, directed by Wes Craven. Where did he get the inspiration for this wackadoo, weird-ass film? Wackadoo. <laughs> wackadoo. Um, all right. So... Part of what I wanted to do today was um, mention a couple of listener things. Um, One very cool thing that has happened a few times and just happened again is that someone will reach out uh, via email or Twitter, usually one of those two, and kind of talk about what they're doing creatively. So we've had people reach out from other podcasts, um, movie uh, filmmakers, uh, writers. And recently there was, um, there was, I was sent some stories. I'm not going to promote them yet because I haven't actually read them. So I'm going to go with that. But we asked a few weeks ago and and I'm going to keep asking. um, You actually asked for um, real life, creepy stories because yeah, ghost stories or encounters or paranormal experiences. Yes. So you can send them in written form to us and they can literally just be a paragraph. I mean, this, this person sent me like 
real stories because they're a writer, Mm -hmm. but it can literally just be a paragraph of what happened to you or what you think happened to you or what happened to your friend or whatever. Uh, And we're going to collect them. You can also send an audio file that we can play on the show Mm -hmm. of you telling your story a little bit. Um, So we could do that. So anyway, I just wanted to say like we've gotten some stories and so that's cool and we're not going to share them till we, you know, it's October Palooza. Yeah. But we want to get them all year long and then and then do an episode on that. The other thing is that, you know, sometimes people reach out to us um, via all the venues and ask questions like follow up questions to episodes. Mm hmm. And I'm going to find the question now. There was a question from someone on Twitter that was talking about um, that she thought that exorcists were only performed by Jesuit priests. Hmm. Yeah, I know, right? Like, so uh, it's actually um, on Twitter. She is, it looks like Dog Mom RN. So she's a nurse. Um uh, she said, I was under the impression that only Jesuit priests were trained in exorcism. And I don't remember the context of our discussion around it. I know. Mm-hmm. So we did an exorcism uh, episode themed episode. Yeah. I don't know when that was a month ago or so. And I don't know what the context of what we were talking about was, but that sure. Most people think of it's only Catholics and it's actually not mm-hmm. <laughs> um, different different sects of religion um lutherans pentecostals greek orthodox like have uh exorcist exorcism protocols Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because the other thing i know about it and listen when we talk on the show about stuff (laughs) it's not always i mean you know the psychology is sound let's put it that way (laughs) we might get other facts wrong this is our this is our expertise is psychology so if you're asking our our psychological opinion on things and our psychological breakdown of situations or people then we stand behind that yeah um but you know certain facts about different things might go awry (laughs) um in this particular instance this fact didn't go awry so i'm pretty excited about that but um we've certainly been asked questions before where i'm like yeah that's wrong (laughs) but uh i it's so interesting because the vatican has actually um recently as recently as i think 2019 opened up um trainings in exorcism i don't know what that says about our culture but um where they where all faiths can come together and go through the course of exorcism and the prayer of liberation which is what they call it i wonder how much that's connected to when i was discussing how they've had a surge in people Mm. requesting them yeah yeah no i mean again we don't know but um it's as we reflect on things, it's it's just interesting that... I, I also... Th- sorry, just yeah, the no, thought came up to you. I also think that in the world we live in today, a lot more religions um, have learned to come together. And this pope specifically mm-hmm. has been one of the more socially liberal popes we've ever had who I could clear... I could really see him saying, let's do this together. Right. And if you think about it, what better way to attempt to standardize yeah right yeah like so if you think about it so if all the different religions are all the different christian-based religions let's put it that way that's that's the part i'm talking about so let's not 
devolve into, but wait, what about this? What about that? Um, when you're looking at non-Catholic Christian leaders or um, belief systems, um, what better way than to say, we're, we're the experts, let us train you how we do it, and then that way we can standardize it. Mm-hmm. So, and also be the leaders and whatever. So there's, you know, religion is politics, yeah, kids. and I grew up, <laughs> so, you know, Catholic, and we there's, yep. a, there's a lot of uh, grandiosity. And well, yeah, religion. and if you, I mean, hell, if you look at religious history, you know, religion and politics. Yeah. I'll just say that. So, um, you know, Kathy, so by the way, um, there was another question which mm-hmm. I'm going to, which I believe would have you answering. Let me look it up. I'll do my best. From a young lady named Marie. Um, she's talking about capital punishment. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to, we did a recent episode on capital punishment as well. And um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But basically what she did is she broke down um, the drugs that are used in lethal mm-hmm. injection and that she had never heard that uh, Dilaudid or, or hydro, yeah. thank you, yeah. um, hydromorphone was ever used. <laughs> Brand name Dilaudid um, was ever used. So I, mm. I, you know, let's be curious about that. Yeah. Um, no, that's a really great question. I, th- I think from what I remember, I don't remember how much I got into the different. Yeah, like how much we broke it down. Drugs only because one, um, I'm a. Uh, PsyD, PhD, not uh, an MD, but I, but I will say that, um, it is not typically used Mm -hmm. because, uh, it has caused botched executions in the past. So, um, I don't remember which case I presented where I may have, may have mentioned that they use, uh, hydromorphone, but there is only one or two cases. There are only one or two cases is our, um, one being Dennis McGuire, mm-hmm. uh, who I think it was Ohio, and they used that in his lethal injection, oh. um, and it was ruled inhumane and never used again. This was he he committed his crime in 1989, mm-hmm. um, and I believe that his execution was in 2014. He was accused of like kidnapping and rape, and they used it in his execution, and it was ruled to be inhumane. There may be, I think, one other case, okay. maybe that it was used, but she's correct in the sense that it's not a, a drug that's typically used because it it is very slow working, um, and it it the execution ended up being botched because of it. Yeah, it's like I guess uh, what she was saying is that a lot of it is um, like more potent than morphine and yeah it's like a liquid morphine they use a lot in pain management in hospitals where people who are incredibly um ill suffering from incredible amounts of pain could be cancer end of life um Mm -hmm. i I, my mom's come out of surgeries uh she has osteoarthritis and has had that type of drug intravenously as she's coming out of the paint. It's incredibly potent. Yeah. Synthetic opioid, yeah. which of course gets abused by the, mm-hmm. by the addict. That's too. right. So, so if they can get yeah. their hands on it. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So cool. We encourage your questions, um, questions, follow-up questions, things we didn't address, things you think we are retarded on, whatever. <laughs> intellectually challenged clinically speaking yeah my apologies i want to be politically correct as well so 
when we might be intellectually challenged, we, we, we always welcome the stuff. So, you know, we've had people yell at us. It's fine. But she was great. She was just asking quite yeah, follow-up questions. They're good questions. Yeah, they're awesome questions. And, and, and who knows what we said about it the first time around. <laughs> um, all right. So there's that. Um, what now? Shall we? I mean, right now it does seem relevant and responsible to continue our ongoing discussion about COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, so I think I mentioned last week how there's been a lot of, there's, there's this uh, polarization of, for many people, one side or the other. It's sure. a pandemic. It's a scamdemic. It um, doesn't sure. really exist. It's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. So I just, I like to just bring information and people can do whatever they want with Fight it. Fight among themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think like I mentioned and you and I discussed last week that we're kind of in the middle about it, which is yeah. we don't want to be running out like we're, we set ourselves on fire in that kind of panic, but we also don't want to be ignoring the fact that we're still learning about this virus. So there's um, a doctor by the name of, uh, I think it's Andrew Kaufman, Dr. Kaufman. Um, and he talks about the breakdown of the current testing procedures for COVID-19 and how, um, and he's very credible, very, very credible guy. Um, and you can look him up on YouTube and he's sort of becoming the next voice in this who's speaking on the other side, which is, um, stating that the way that they standard, we've been talking about standardization, standardized, and the test for COVID-19 is the way that he breaks it down is showing that it is very possible that there are a lot of false positives. Um, and so I'm not going to get into the gist of it because I'm not a medical doctor and people can look him up themselves, but he does talk about um, how many of the similar mechanics and in, in the lungs and all of that could, we could, we could show a positive and it not be positive and how this complicates things regarding uh, quarantining because we are quarantining based on the number of positives. Mm-hmm. And so he's more aligned with the scamdemic piece, which is, are we really seeing this much COVID-19 or because we, we don't really have a gold standard of what to compare this to when we're testing. And these tests came out very quickly. So he goes through a lot of the medicinal pieces, a lot of the anatomical pieces, how the lungs work, all the different, it was very interesting. I listened to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and as a psychologist who does psychometric testing and stuff, I was able to follow his logic. And it's, it was really interesting because it, there is some truth to like, I mean, there could be a lot of errors in these tests, but for people who maybe want to listen to a different side of it, um, I found it to be interesting. Like I'm, like I said, I'm kind of right in the middle and in, in being okay, not knowing entirely, but he brings a different side to it. I think that's the key right there is that if you are the type of person that can be balanced and listen to all kinds of sides to this Mm -hmm. and take in the information and funnel it through uh, your system and come out with a kind of a balanced view of things and take in all the information and kind of look at it all as a whole, then that's what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also know certainly some people will watch that and then it's their religion, you know? Um, And so I just, Felt like saying that because I can imagine, I, I just, there's such trouble right now. And, and Yeah, there's followers on both sides. 
right and, yeah. and that's that's our very um unfortunately mentally unhealthy world where we need to make things black and white to you know ca- calm our anxiety that it's like this or it's that or you know that kind of helps people sometimes mm-hmm. function in situations where guess what we don't get to know the outcome mm-hmm. and that that powerlessness or that step one function and in, in the anonymous programs of of realizing that you don't know and you yeah. don't have control over something. And that that's, I think, what people are mostly struggling with right now is the unknown. The uncertainty is the scariest. I, I And I've talked about this with patients who have physical illnesses or they're waiting on tests. And we always discuss like the fear of the unknown. Once you have an answer, mm-hmm. um, then you can move towards a solution. But the uncertainty and the unknown, which really brings up, and we'll talk about this as this goes on with this pandemic, which is really what to prepare for in the aftermath, which is going to be forms of traumatic stress if you were on the front line or lost a loved one or experienced a really intense case of it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Chronic anxiety, paranoia, OCD, I could see being really big people becoming compulsive hand washers and Mm -hmm. no, no longer knowing how to be in the world without wearing a proverbial hazmat suit um this all or nothing kind of thing addiction um which is what a lot of the more conservative side is saying hey if we if we don't get this economy going and we continue to quarantine people hey it's going to come out in other forms so we're worried about covid but we're not paying attention to suicidality and addiction and, and so there's that side of it um which you know there's some truth to that but i don't know if it, it it's a weighted uh, it's weighted compared to what else we're seeing. Financial loss, suicidal ideation. Um, and then the one thing that I'm actually uh, working with uh, Tanya Gom and Dr. Romney Durvasala uh, on Thursdays, we're doing some online support groups for people who are under the same roof with uh, abusive partners right now. And so we're seeing that, and that could be emotionally, physically abusive, uh, narcissistic individuals who refuse to self-quarantine and come back to people who are immune compromised. A lot of mental health issues. Yeah. Abusive relationships, um, are certainly going to get worse. Um, the, I, I'm, I'm just taking a second to think what I'm actually seeing in a qualitative way and what I'm actually seeing in my, um, my new telehealth, uh, <laughs> faction of my business, which again is new for the last month. I've kind of dove into taking clients via telehealth all over the state of California. And so I'm being introduced to lots of different kinds of people that I would Mm -hmm. not have normally been um, exposed to. So in that sense, from a professional standpoint, I'm really enjoying it. Um, But what I'm seeing is uh, I'm seeing a lot of relationship trouble because when you're 24 seven, the things that you've been ignoring or stuffing. Sometimes we're in relationships where uh, we kind of know it's not right, or we know there's something wrong, or like you overlook things, and you can do that by distracting yourself by not being home or mm-hmm. not having the conversation you need to have. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of counseling on that. There's quite a bit of um, people leaving people. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's like, who do you want to be in a house with twenty four seven? Yeah. And you realize it's not you. And so I'm out of here. Right. <clears throat> and so they go to be like with, and that's a cough and I'm not sick. Um, <laughs> I've just been talking a lot today. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of um, addiction, uh, addictive behavior ramping up. So I'm treating 
uh, several people that have pretty bad sex addictions, porn addictions, Mm -hmm. and also kind of coupled with alcoholism or drug addiction, which is also, you know, their main coping skill. And so now they're under a lot of stress. And so their addictions are ramping up. Mm -hmm. But there's also something that's happening where they have to stick with themselves. And so actually, the recovery piece is happening a little bit quicker with, Mm -hmm. with, you know, people who seek mental health counseling. I can't say that every addict stuck in a house right now is getting better. They're not. They're definitely not. But these are people who have sought help. And so... They're they're in a desperate place, which can often be a good place to come from motivation to mm-hmm. to change behavior. So that's happening, and then um, and depression and yeah. uh, it's really easy sadness. to get stuck in your own head. I've been working with clients a lot. We talked about this last week, I think. Really, well, we talked about structure, but what I think is incredibly important is get up and get your body moving. Get up in the morning. Um, if Take it's a shower if, or whatever, yeah. If it's safe enough to go for a walk, or if you're um, you know, privileged enough to have a, a yard exercise, um, exercise in your house. If you don't feel safe, there's plenty of free YouTube videos. Um, I pulled out old, like beach body DVDs, <laughs> CrossFit stuff that I'm doing. Uh, and it doesn't have to be that intense. It can be yoga, move your body, get out of your head, get the blood flowing. Um, I think that is so important because we're going to spend a lot of our time, in quarantine, sitting and being still. Yes. There's, um, gosh, there's just so much availability too. I mean, you've seen all the art that is coming online that's free to watch as well, but you can also do that outside. Yep. So, you know, Kathy's talking about walking around and stuff. And, and I mean, maybe people will become even more interested in podcasts than they already were because it's like something to listen to while you're... Yeah, put your earbuds in and take a walk. Yeah, do your thing. One thing I've started to do is I do have the ability to go outside in my own environment uh, where I live and I have a hammock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been going out in the hammock. Now, granted, it's been rainy here quite yeah. a bit the last couple of weeks that, you know, matches the mood. And we're getting more rain this week. Yeah, it matches the mood, actually. Which, by the way, we don't ever get this much rain in LA. The lawn looks amazing. It looks like Ireland out there. Jesus. Uh, Which, you know, we're trying to put a smiley face on it somehow. But I I use the hammock and I go outside. And I am not a sun dweller, if you know me, Mm. or you've seen any kind of photo of me. I'm a person that stays out of the sun because I have um, uh, UK blood Mm-hmm. and Scandinavian blood. So I am pale with dark hair. Not a good recipe for, you know, the sun. The sun. Um and when I was younger, I I did not observe that rule, but now I do. But so, but hey, going outside and being in the sun for 15 or 20 minutes with a good sunscreen or whatever, like in the hammock or walking around. It's some vitamin D. Yep, exactly. And it and I and I feel better instantly. Um, we sit out in the yard a lot with the do- and uh, play fetch with the dogs and even if it's for like just an hour Mm-hmm. It feels really nice. That's good, and it you get away from the screens because we're all doing a lot of screen. I, work. Yeah, I, I try not. I try to save my screens for um, when I get up with my coffee in the morning for like an hour, and then at night, that's it. Through the day, I'm either working or playing. We played Parcheesi, Yahtzee, and uh, Scategories the other night. There you go. Yeah, no TV on at all. Yeah, puzzles, all kinds yep. of good stuff. Um, and you know, we're talking about this from from the lighter side of things of all of us just trying to get by. We are obviously not talking about people who are in massive crisis right now. Yeah, or living alone. Or living hard. alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we are not in any way 
um, lowballing the importance of things, but I do think it's important to talk to everyone who is struggling through this. Like many people are in like, what do I do with myself and how do I keep saying? So there's that. That's a lot. Um, so one thing I would like to bring up is some other stuff I've been watching. Um, you know, we've talked a lot in the coming weeks about, I mean, in the coming weeks, in the past weeks here, like we did funny horror movies and um, it's it's in Black Mirror and those are, you know, I, I've been watching stuff other than horror, in other, in other words. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I started to do when this first started is I decided to uh, rewatch every James Bond movie. I heard that the new James Bond's going to be a woman. That's awesome. That's amazing. I am in no way close to the new James Bond. They were they were going to. I started they, at the beginning. They thought I actually don't watch any of them. I can't really stand them, but I I like the character. I have some um, thoughts on that. But he, Idris Elba was going to be the new one, and then they replaced the character altogether with a female, is what I've heard. But he would be a great one too. Oh my god, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah, I don't know about the woman thing, but we'll see. We'll see. I want to believe it'll be fabulous. It would certainly be a change of the franchise. It's really going to depend on who they choose. Yeah, it's really going to change the franchise if they do that, and that might be what they're looking to do. Yeah. So I have currently watched Doc- – so I'm going in order. It's painful, man. Yeah. It's super painful. So this is the 60s. Uh, I watched Dr. No, yeah, I remember which is the first one. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember any of them. I mean, you kind of do, but yeah. it's super vague in your memory. Dr. No, I think, was the first one I had to watch for a film class. Okay, so because yeah. it was the first. Yeah. Uh, and then From Russia with Love is next. Mm-hmm. Goldfinger is next. After that, Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, the song. Mm-hmm. It just gets really stuck. And then Thunderball is the fourth one. And those are the four that I've watched. Um, people who know me personally know that I've been, I posted the first couple. I'm doing like little mini reviews on it. And one of the things I include in my mini reviews is my partner's reaction to them. <laughs> Which if you knew him, you would find this very amusing. And so um, after we, we've decided to do this together and after each one, oh, I, I will <laughs> see Kathy knows him. So she's laughing. <laughs> if I could get him to come on the show, it would be a good day. Um, he, he won't ever do that, I'm sure. But um, he's an interesting person. I have interesting people in my life. Kathy is one of them. So uh, <laughs> after every time we watch the movie, I'll say, so what'd you think? You know, like I'll give him a couple <laughs> minutes. He'll go to the bathroom or whatever. He'll come back, refresh his drink or something. And I go, so what'd you think? Wanting to have a conversation yeah. about a movie, but yeah, I've yeah. been here a while. Yeah. I know that's not going to happen. This is not a new, this is for those of you who don't know me, this is not a new relationship. So, but I say it anyway because it amuses me now. It used to piss me off that I would get like one word answers after we'd watch a movie. There's no, there's no analysis of the movie. So, um, it's pretty funny. The first one, I think it was like, <laughs> it's okay. That was that was the extent of the conversation. <laughs> so I put that in the review, like and when really I'm writing it up. Okay, and it really was. I yeah. mean, like he is a person who he's a person, and he's a person that will just literally give you his bottom line. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what the topic. So it was okay. And then I think the next one was something like uh, from Russia with Love was like, eh, you know. <laughs> Something like that, right? So I put that in the review. And then I think Goldfinger 
it's now what it's <laughs> okay i'm gonna cut to the end where we just watched thunderball which i had actually never heard of i hadn't either um and i might take the little reviews that i've written and put them on um our facebook page or something because they're they're you know it's just it's just movie review type behavior anyway this last one which i haven't posted yet about thunderball i was like so what'd you think he goes i don't know they're all the same yep <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> that by the fourth one, that's what he said. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> and, and and it's true in many ways. And yeah. so, um, but I'm powering through. I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep. He's going to. It was his idea, man. The bond thing was his idea, but whatever. So, and then also, you guys might know this. Um, AFI, the American Film Institute. I get their emails and so I'm signed up for lots of different film stuff like that and try to keep up on what everybody's doing. And what they started to do was they started to do sort of like a guided watch these movies kind of thing. And what's cool is you get an email every day if you sign up for these emails. You get an email every day of like whatever movie, most likely, obviously, in their library that they're um saying hey watch this movie and the first one was the wizard of oz mm. and so i saw you posted that yeah and so i went about watching the wizard of oz and i'm gonna i'm gonna go through a lot of these so i'm um, not right now it's not what i mean i mean that i'm gonna watch along <laughs> like i gotta go yeah <laughs> four hours later shannon's <laughs> done with her diatribe um but i thought it would be a good recommendation for people because um it's movies like The Wizard of Oz, and I think the second one was Moulin Rouge and uh, Doctor Strangelove, and so there are movies that are um, most of them are like feel good movies, mm -hmm. and they're good movies, and they're classic movies. And here's what they do: so when you open the email and you click, you can also just go to the AFI website, but you click on the email and it's got like a blog post. It's got you know, the movie that they want you to watch and some pictures. And then it has a star like introducing the movie or talking about it. So what they've done is they've pulled clips from their archive, most likely where famous people are either introducing the movie right now, like Robert De Niro introduced Dr. Strangelove. And he's literally in his living room, like during COVID mm -hmm. and talks about Dr. Strangelove. And um, the Wizard of Oz was Steven Spielberg. Aww. So they just had, I thought of you, um, the very first one and they just had him like standing what looks to be like in his office or foyer or whatever yeah. and introducing the wizard of oz uh so it's pretty cool i yeah. mean i think it's you know if you're looking for stuff to watch and you just can never quite figure it out it's yeah. like guided so they're like hey watch this and then they'll have little links and videos and different things to kind of amp That's it cool. up like um, so i've been doing that and then i think the other thing we'll talk about today and then we'll call it a day is the tiger king yeah, <laughs> Kathy's looking at me like, deep breath, ladies and gentlemen, deep breath. So I'm going to do the, for those of you who live under a rock and don't watch Netflix and don't know whatever the hell I'm talking about, is there is a relatively new um, uh, documentary on Netflix called Tiger King, colon, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. <clears throat> and it's uh, controversial, but it's also been very very popular it, it it like immediately became popular and one of the things i'd like to mention is why i think it's become really popular but i also know that um people in the animal rights world um 
have reactions to it as well. And I, I totally get that. So it's a true crime documentary mini series about the life of a zookeeper named Joe exotic. And from his name, you can imagine he's an interesting uh, character as characters are in these kinds of shows. It focuses on the small but deeply interconnected society of big cat conservationists. And then they name you know, there's some other people in it, which I'm not going to name. You can watch it if you want to. Um, yeah. So that's your basic deal. The thing I can tell you about it, uh, is that I did watch it. And one thing I would say is that it was, uh, like it took me a while to get through it. It wasn't like I could mm-hmm. sit and watch it. Um, I know people who they're going through their second time already. Yeah. And I, I had to take breaks and I had to like watch a chunk here and a chunk there. It wasn't like, I mean, if we like, let's talk globally for a second. There's a lot of these things out there. These Mm -hmm. like true crime documentaries now. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why it's really popular Mm -hmm. is that we are obsessed with true crime for one. Obviously you and I, we do episodes Mm -hmm. on true crime psychology. We talk a lot about true crime psychology. We do um, all kinds of stuff about that. We are very interested in that. Um, It happens to be something that you and I are interested in. And also our listeners are obviously interested in it and our culture is interested in it. But man, the amount of doc. So I will just say the amount of documentaries out there to imbibe. And I am starting to see a difference between the ones that gain a lot of popularity or mm-hmm. are quote unquote good and a, a lot of really boring ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, this one um, was hard to get through just because for many reasons, one is I get bored with this stuff. Now I've watched a lot of yeah. them. Um, and two, because it's disturbing in some ways, but it's also really predictable because of who you learn him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I know that Kathy would like to make a statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I'll be, I'll, I'm just going to be honest. I haven't seen it. Um, I won't see it. Mm-hmm. I won't watch it. Um, and tell everyone why. I mean, like, I yeah, think that's I, an interesting I, take on it. I think that for a couple of reasons where, um, first of all, I'm very big into animal rights and I feel like it's almost an insult to call what they did a conservationist. Mm-hmm. That's how they see themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen these cats in their natural habitats. I've been to conservationist um, parks and organizations globally and seen how they actually treat and, and maintain and allow these animals to um, uh, rehabilitate with the purpose of if it's possible for them to go back into the wild, whether it's cats, elephants, whatnot. Uh, a friend of mine, her father was on the board of the wildlife way station for years. Betty White was on the, the board. I've been to the wildlife way station towards the end. Uh, it did get a little bit of uh, crap because the owner did put a lot of her money into the, um, the uh, not the baboons, the um, chimps. That was really her passion okay. and, and stuff started to shift, but, but Martine was really great for what she did for a long time. And these were people, the reason why she ended up with these cats was because they would buy them. Um, 
because they had the money to do that and then they would outgrow and then people would be like, oh shit, this can eat me and I'm going to get rid of it now. And so, um, and I've talked about this before, listeners who listen know I've been to Africa and it's a passion of mine. To- I was going to say the one, the reason, one of the big, I mean, not, it's not just to hike up yeah. hills. One of the reasons why you go is to go to these animal and to, places. to see, you know, being in the Serengeti and seeing them in their natural habitat and, and not being thrown meat. That's not how they eat. They hunt, they get it, they kill it. That that's a big purpose for them. That's a big part of their just, uh, drive, you know? So, there's a lot of, and I understand that there are times where conservationist stuff is really important when it comes to rehabilitation, but I'm making the statement only because it's really easy to use that word, conservationist, because you you happen to house these, warehouse these cats, and you're feeding them. You're also exploiting them and making money off of them and using them in documentaries, and we're not seeing behind the scenes. Um, so... For me, there's just a very personal piece, and I'm not going to give attention, money, applause, or anything, or even entertain or be amused by that. Um, So that was my biggest reason. The other reason is I'm just really tired of the sensationalism around narcissism in a funny way. Like we look at this guy and so many people are talking about him and making jokes about him and comparing him to Trump because of, you know, the way that he was able to sort of develop this following uh, as a celebrity and, and didn't he run for governor or something like that? So there's a lot of those comparisons. I don't know about that. I don't really care about that, but I, I, I think I'm just tired of that. Um, I think I was having a conversation with someone about the difference between being interested in true crime. I think there's a really, really defining line between what is dangerous. And when we watch true crime, it's not because we want to be murderers or we find them funny. It's because we're really interested in the mechanics of like, how does someone get to that point when we're, when we're making jokes out of someone like this guy and giving him all this attention, I don't think we understand a lot of people understand that we're like enabling that to be a a form of entertainment. And I'm, I'm just kind of sick of it, I guess. I hear you. I mean, you know, you take a knee, right? Like I'm just taking a knee right now. That's how how it feels for me. (laughs) That's how I would characterize it. I I only saw a couple snapshots and then I read about it and I'm like, this is, and before it even had become a thing or a controversy, my initial reaction when it first popped up on Netflix and I hadn't heard a word of it from anybody was, I have no desire to watch that. Well, and that's, you know, that, you know, cool. Right. Yeah. Like I, I'm all, I'm all about like, you know, do you, I mean, I understand why people want to watch it. Yeah. I mean, so let me, let me talk a little bit about it actually. Um, and a little bit about that. Cause I think, um, from our perspective and what we do on the podcast, it's interesting to look at like, so why are people fascinated? And I would say, um, like from an intellectual place, I get it. Yeah, like yeah. let's like let's take that moment yeah. for really quick here. Um, so it it the first thing I would say is that it, it exposes a subculture that most people are not aware of, right. and so successful true crime documentaries, which we are in the age of forty five thousand of them, and a lot of them are not great. I mean, mm. I've watched a ton of them that are super boring and don't go anywhere, and they're not very interesting. But one uh, one thing is that the really good ones usually it's like about a subculture that not many of us yeah, know it's about. Like and you're so, like a, getting yeah. a 
view into this strange not world. many of us know about like rednecks who run tiger camps and sell <laughs> right, right. money to watch the tigers eat right. things like right. not not many people know that world and yeah. so that's a that's a gimme for people like oh i don't know anything about that let yeah. me watch that right so then the other thing i would think i would say is that um this documentary spans a lot of topics it's not really just about um him being a zookeeper or a tiger person mm-hmm. um that's kind of the base of in other words, it's like that's the backdrop um, of what's happening, and it's certainly addressed, but there's also um, murder and mayhem, like mm-hmm. the, just like the title says. Like there's murder, there's um, suicide, there's a lot of stuff in this, and criminal behavior and infighting, you know, the different yeah. – um, the different zoo people mm-hmm. sue each other a couple of times mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of that kind of going on. Where's and Carol's husband? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Carol's accused of being a murderer. And feeding her husband to the tigers. And she's like the one that's all over Joe Exotic. Like they're fighting back yeah. and forth. It's very like small town politics. So it's got that vibe to it as well. Um, so what I would say is the second quality would be like the mysteries. And there's a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. So I want to um, send people to an article called Tiger King Documentary. Um, wait, what is it called? Uh, Florida? Florida again. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> We're all about the Florida here. Florida Sheriff is here to debunk your Tiger King cold case theories so within this um there's a lot of like mysteries po just like in all documentaries they try to they try to say something is um a thing that happened and then they create a narrative around it for drama's effect right and so there's but then there's less a lot of speculation like um carol kathy mentioned carol she's one of the characters in this and her husband went missing a long long time ago and her current husband is another big part of this particular documentary anyway this article florida sheriff is here to debunk your tiger king cold case theories in this article it's on vulture it's really interesting because this sheriff talks about how now they're getting a lot of calls and a lot of like hey i know what happened to you know Right now, mm-hmm. as people are watching this all the time, right. they're getting a lot of calls. Stuff's starting to come up. You know, law enforcement is like, we're getting a lot of tips and we're yeah. trying to follow. And and in this article, he goes through a bunch of the things um, that are theorized or speculated within the documentary that actually don't make any sense. And he tells you why they don't make any mm-hmm. sense. So it's like, well, there's this theory about, you know, XYZ. And guess what? those kinds of DNA samples weren't available at the time. So that's not even possible. So it's stuff like that, like a debunking, right? Like a myth busting kind of thing. So, uh, you know, if you've seen it and you're interested in this kind of thing, um, you know, the true crime aspect, the mystery aspect, uh, he's got some interesting stuff to say about that. Um, The other thing I would say is uh, the, just the true crime thing is popular. So that's why it's popular. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the last thing I would say about why I think this one has blown up is because it's got one of a kind characters in it, meaning like fiction can't make this shit up. Right. It's one of those. It's yeah, one of those. It's a like, train wreck. It's a it's um, all of these people are nuts 
And that is evident and exposed. Yeah. It's not like this is a documentary where they're like, yes, we are zookeepers and we are functional and fabulous yeah. human beings and it's okay to keep tigers. They might be saying that in some of the interviews in like the first episode and a half or so, but that is quick. You, you, like it is demonstrated that. Yeah. And <laughs> in fact, I just want to all a bunch of crazy people. mention this real quickly too, just in case if there's anyone else like myself who's listening and is into the animal rights stuff, these cats are now at an amazing sanctuary. And I've had a, a friend of mine who's, who does rescue, who has been there and said they're very well taken care of now. So. Yeah, it ends well. And mm-hmm. that that's another thing I would say is if you're going to, going to watch it, um, just know that you're getting a redneck gun toting mullet sporting <laughs> tiger tackling gay polygamist <laughs> who wanted to be president. <laughs> so if you are in any way intimidated by him having influence over our culture, yeah. don't be because <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's like you watch it like a train wreck. Um, and a piece of this is is absolutely being a feeling for the animals. And then um, but what what is happening in this, I would say, um, from a psychological perspective, is all of the people in this documentary are in cages, meaning they are in like the cages of their own lives yeah. because they are stereotypical um you know, this man, Joe Exotic, is, does happen to be gay, does happen to be polygamist. He marries two different men in this show. Things happen to these men that that are sad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a world within this that is a world that, again, it's, it's, it's several subcultures that most people aren't exposed to. It's in the South. It's... Um, he does try to run for president at one point and he takes himself so seriously. Mm-hmm. So what I can say too, and then I'll just be done with this is that by the end, um, some good, some good outcomes happen mm-hmm. and he leaves, he leaves this world behind mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> every almost a lot of the characters leave this world behind. A lot of them go out of business. A lot of it, it's like, it's like a, it's got a real beginning, middle and end. And I imagine that is satisfying for viewers as well. Again, I, there was parts of it that I found really boring and whatever, but, um, yeah, the cats are in a good place. Mm -hmm. They end up going to a good place, but yeah, bad shit happens in here. There's murder and mayhem and fires and, and destruction and people acting the fool and being really terrible to each other. And, um, it's crazy human darkness. I mean, I think it's the same reason why some people listen to our episodes on true crime psychology or on Michael Jackson or some of the older episodes Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure out what the hell is driving people like that and why the yeah. hell they ended up in the way they did. Um, but I'm really, I, I'm grateful that you mentioned the tigers are good. Yeah, they're <laughs> in a good place. Because everybody mm-hmm. wants to know that the tigers are good. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents, here's what's happening. Um, next week on the show, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of subcultures and interesting people, we're going to talk about the documentary The Pharmacist. Which I believe is a Netflix. It is. I'm I'm 75% of the way through. I thought I was going to be a little bit bored and I think You're riveted? Yeah. Yeah. It's different than you think it's going to be. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, so that's what I would say right out of the gate, although we're going to do a full episode on it but next week. But if you guys haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, take a look before we talk about it. Um, 
but or not or listen i've had some people tell me that they listen to our discussions and then decide to watch something based on <laughs> what they hear in the discussion so we, we can provide that service for you as well um and again all the fridays we'll have shrink chap episodes and then also after that wait for it <laughs> so sometimes we do episodes on singular movies that are in our criminal psychology wheelhouse and so we're gonna do that so next week is the pharmacist and the week after that we are going to do a full episode on a movie called we need to talk about kevin yeah and you hear kathy's reaction to that i actually um kind of pitched the idea to her today (laughs) and the reaction i got was okay but you know i've I've told a lot of people if they want to understand um antisocial personality disorder in a real way in a Hollywood film, mm-hmm. probably the best depiction of it. Yeah. And so that's going to be right up your guys's alley. If I, if the, if the numbers on what episodes are our most popular <laughs> are correct, um, that's going to be right up your guys's alley. And so we're happy to get back to it and, you know, torture ourselves with one more narcissistic antisocial personality. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? You're hey. welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. That's our that's our martyr speech. No, no, no. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't something we are also fascinated and um, educated on. So we appreciate we appreciate the feedback and what you guys want, and we're always wanting to get that from you. And that's where these ideas are coming from: is people are saying, "Hey, what about this? Hey, what about that?" And then I put it in my little hopper and I put it on my little list, and we. We turn it around and yeah. add some salt and then figure and then, out there it is. what's next. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for listening. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe and sa- stay safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.